When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Travis. I know everyone is real excited to get to the showdown, so I'll just hit the big news. First up, March 16th is the last day to take advantage of the free keychain and both postcards when you join Patreon. So if you're listening to this on the 15th and you haven't signed up yet, you know what to do. Speaking of Patreon, it's time to announce this month's postcard artist. I have been chasing this artist for about a year now, actually, so it's very exciting to finally nab him for this. It's none other than hotel superfan, Raiden. In addition to running the fan Discord server, Raiden is a scary, talented artist. Super slick. And as a big owner fan, he's the perfect artist for the owner's bonus episode, The Road Trip. Join Patreon to hear the owner drive the manager and the lobby boy across the country at the cost of his own sanity. His postcard will be available to the patrons, along with the bonus episode, which is coming out March 30th, which also happens to be not only Raiden's birthday, but my own birthday buddies. I don't want to speak for him, but all I want for my birthday is for you to go follow him at Kaingly, K-I-I-E-N-G-L-Y, on Insta, Twitter, and Tumblr. And now, speaking of the owner losing his sanity... It's late at night, as it often is. Except for occasional violent gusts of wind, the rain comes down in torrents. The hotel assumes a new shape for the guests each night, and supplies her own storm, her own tempest, if she feels like it. Everything here, even the here itself, is supplied by her, is her or manifest, and like that rain, we serve her, serve the guests, with that same inevitability. Between the beating bluster, the manifested water runs down in mercurial streams that do nothing to wash away whatever coats the outer walls of the hotel. It pools at the sidewalk, and rushes to the gutters, Maybe shimmering with purples and greens like motor oil. Maybe clearing clean as your reflection in a mirror. Maybe it's to drive the guest inside faster. Or maybe it's raining wherever they are when they find us. All I can see out the narrow windows is endless black. Interrupted by thousands of piercing white glints as the light catches the water or whatever it is. Even in the bright yellow light of the street lamps, all I see are drops of light briefly, so briefly, before they splatter themselves on the ground. A ground I can't see through the windows, but it must be there. 
The rain needs somewhere to fall. The lobby floor is dull marble, but there are circular rugs leading from the door to the front desk to the elevators. The guest will surely be soaked, as soon the rugs will be. Better, though, than them slipping on the slick floor, feet falling away from under them, and before I can even ring the bell, crack. Gone. With a sound so unceremonious, you might think they'll get back up with nothing more than a bump and a headache. But they don't get back up. They never get back up. Behind me, the slot of my private office door remains unused. I rest my hand on the lip of the slot gently, as if that will summon anything. The owner hasn't supplied me with tonight's reservation card. Again. I open the door and stare into the darkness. The void on the third story, where he goes to do his work and report directly to the hotel herself. Empty. I reach inside, feeling blindly until... My wood-paneled office, a filing cabinet, an old computer, and a TV on a desk. Fluorescence buzzing flatly. He's not here either. Neither is my reservation card. No matter. I'll know the guest when they sign the book. In a pinch... It's not hard to get by with a yes, ma'am, or no, sir. But I don't like uncertainty. I don't like disorder. I don't like not knowing. For a moment, something rings in my mind. Something distant and lost. I rub the side of my head where a phantom memory graces me gently. I push it away. Whatever it is, whatever it was, however it used to be, doesn't matter. Tonight, a guest will check in, and they will die. Everything else is just rugs on the marble. Everything else is just death dressing up as a thrill. As if death needs dressing up. I make my rounds while I wait for the guest, whenever they may show up. The supply closet door is next to the elevators on the other side of the couches and chairs at the center of the lobby. Inside, I hear a faint, muted drip. Something between a squelch and a clear drop. Outside, the rain howls, goading me on. The pale yellow lamps catch something hanging over the lobby. Something hanging thick and insubstantial. Like an early morning fog that refuses to be burned away by the sun. Several flat and wavy ashtrays of silver and gold rest on the table. Their centers all a burnt carbon gray. The nicotine ghosts hang on the air. 
unable or unwilling to leave. The pale haze and shifting shadows gives a quality like memory to the night. A small puddle is slipping out from beneath the supply closet door. Inside, I can hear my lobby boy shifting and shuffling. I reach out with my fingertips and cock my head down, trying to hear him. He stops the second I touch the doorknob. He wishes to squirm unheard. I open the door sharply enough to startle him, which isn't really that sharply at all, and catch a glimpse of several crawling, skittering somethings rushing away from the light into the walls and crevices of the hotel. His red hat is wet, and dark maroon blobs are growing larger on his shoulders with each drip. His closet is leaking tonight. I can't do anything about his uniform, but we can't have a wet floor and leaky closet when the guest arrives. He must have seen it in my body language, or a dart of the eye, or maybe he was so worried about it he was prepared already. But he immediately mumbles an apology and grabs his mop bucket from the dark recesses of the closet. As soon as he plops that wet mop onto the puddle, it doubles in size. He freezes and looks at me with eyes just as watery and dangerous as the slick marble floor. He's nearly shivering, and not because the wet has got him cold. He hefts the soggy end of the mop into his bucket and squeezes it dry roughly. Hold on, I say. He stops immediately, and I wait for him in the silence of the muted rain outside our lobby to look at me. I point up at the dark ceiling and ruddy brick walls of his supply closet. You should fix the leak first, I say. He looks up past the naked bulb dangling down above us, beyond into the nothing there where the water falls. He pinches his face together, just a little, and a rubbery, crumbling pinch echoes back. The water finishes its course and pools lightly at his feet. He looks back at me with a hint of something like a smile on his face. One corner of my mouth curls, just barely, into a hint of something back. But it doesn't come easy. I feel the muscles in my face fighting it, determined to stay as they are until stiffening into a rotten shroud. My body is spoiling. His body will too. We can shut out the rain, but the night goes on. I nod once and point to the mop. A sloppy lobby reflects poorly on us and the hotel. We keep the order until it's time for the guest to check into their room, and my lobby boy has built such a room for tonight. The lobby and elevator 
and even the halls on the third story that lead to the room is all unassuming, high-end, if slightly run-down, old-fashioned hotel fare. But in the room, after the guest checks in and my lobby boy escorts them through the door, harsh metal grates with teeth like house keys instead of walls, floor, or ceiling. Hot orange light blooms through the clouds of steam that billow through the slats. There is no furniture that one would expect in a hotel room. Even the door will vanish into more hot grates once it's closed. The guest will try their best to escape first, cutting their fingers on sharp metal teeth as they try to yank and climb. Maybe they'll wrap their jacket or overshirt around their heads to protect them from the steam. If they don't end up blinding themselves this way, they'll see something beyond the bars, moving against the orange light. Tall figures, thin with knobby joints and protruding stomachs roam in that foggy and hot area just past the walls of this room. You can almost make out the wide, unblinking blue eyes set above their puckering, whistling mouths. They wobble, awkwardly, pacing on all six sides of the room until they get close enough to rip open the steel grates with their long fingers and reach in, grasping at the guest as they try to find a safe corner. I watch my lobby boy finish mopping up with stiff arms and blackened fingernails, and I know there are no safe corners for any of us at the hotel. They'll be here soon. I snap my fingers twice, quietly, and he looks at me with one paling eye, that not quite a smile still lingering on his lips. I kick my head towards my front desk and he follows me over, already limping a little. The haze seems thicker, the lamps seem brighter, and the rain feels somehow a little closer. A quick glance at the private office door confirms my suspicions. There's still no reservation card. I open the guest book and swing it around to face forward right next to the front desk bell. All things in their place. All things contained. At his post in front of the desk, my lobby boy is... fidgeting. Shifting. Agitated. He senses me staring in half turns, giving me a little nod before going back to his light squirming. He knows it's soon, too. Soon he'll be escorting the guest to their terrible fate, their terrible room, a room he built for them to die in. A nightmare to die in, made by the nightmare who lives here, made by the night herself. But this nightmare man, this lobby boy, is often unsettled by the guests. Their deaths interacting with them, often their very presence is enough to unnerve, enough to unhinge him. His desire to serve the hotel, to do a good job, to listen to his manager, 
has always pushed him over the edge. Into the light, off the high dive, and into the deep end. He likes to build the rooms. He likes crafting the poetry of the horror, even if the deaths and the screams make him flinch. The guest came in out of the rain, checking in late at night, as most of our guests do. She's pretty. Short hair and a broad smile plastered under eyes that sparkle like starlight. She wafts through the lobby in a blue dress, somehow almost, but not quite, entirely dry. She looks around the lobby, beaming at everything as if it's all so novel. I greet her, welcome her to the hotel. She turns so suddenly toward us, I almost think we surprised her. But she strides over, grinning still as though there was some great cosmic joke that she couldn't wait to tell us. She peers closely at my lobby boy. He tries his best to return her smile, but can't stop himself from leaning back slightly to maintain the distance between them. She shakes her head fondly at him and runs her hands across my front desk. I hold out a pen for her to sign the guest book and ask if she has a reservation. She giggles and shakes her head, taking the pen to sign on a blank page waiting for her. Stepping in from nowhere, the owner appears suddenly behind her. Well, hi there. With a swift, fluid motion, he slams her head down on the guest book, hard. Her name becomes a wet splatter of blood, and she's dead before she hits the floor. It's time, lobby boy! No, wait. Hey, this is Travis with a brief ad break. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Thanks for listening. Now back to the hotel. We are flying, tearing through the void, ripping. 
past lobby after lobby through endless halls and houses and ballrooms. Horrible flashes as bright as vision assault me. Above me, below, all around, in every direction and endlessly through the comfort of darkness, I see the shapes and forms the hotel takes. I see the guests the hotel takes. I see the rooms I've built. I hear their screams and worse, their whimpering. They shriek and plead for their lives or for their deaths. It's bad enough to hear them one at a time or a few at a time, but this is all of them, I think. Terror that scratches itself into the inside of my skull. Grief and loss. Lamented love and the relief of the final gasp of life. This is fear. This is why I grip my luggage cart tight when I see them walk into the lobby. One guest, one death is. We die every night sometimes. We rot and melt and fall to dust and it hurts. I know it can hurt. I, th I think I know a little how it feels. I think I know a little how scary it, it must be for them. And when I'm not in my closet in the dark, I think, I think I can hear them all at once. In the walls, in the pipes, soaked into the fabric of the uniforms and the beds and the carpet, and even though it changes every night, I can still smell the death we made for them. I made for them. I can see everything from here. All at once, and not at all. Many rooms are familiar here. Some are not. Maybe I forgot about them. Maybe I didn't want to remember. Maybe I haven't built them yet. And never will. But in each of them, someone is dying. Horribly. I think... I, I think in some of them I saw... Me... Burning. I look away from those. I feel the dread creeping, threatening to consume me. This is what the guests feel when their rooms when it happens. I 
I turn away from the rooms, but I don't find comfort. I find him holding me tight. Too tight. It, it hurts. He's shouting or laughing. I can't hear over the din of dying around us. The chaos and wind and the madness is overwhelming. I have to break. I have to break. I step out of the darkness and there's a moment, just a moment, where I have to wait for the hotel to find its shape. The hazy forms of gas lamps and tall doors is all I can make out before he appears. You can't run from me, lobby boy! I feel something dampen inside me. Something more than just rot. I don't know if I can get away from him. I don't know where I could go. I... I don't see my supply closet. I back away, frantic and miserable like a guest in their last moments, desperate for a, a moment, a whisper of hope to survive for a little longer. I bump into a lavish table in the middle of the lobby, and in my panic I duck under it, scrabbling away to anywhere. He flips it away easily, barely slowing down as it sails across the lobby and slides into the wall. I will drag you from the darkness and force you into the light! I don't make it much farther before he grabs me and pulls us away again into the terrible chaos of his madness. He's hurting me. We struggle then, in the nothing, in the everything, as all around us the guests check in and die. I try to pull away, but I, I don't know what to do. Can you hear it too, lobby boy? Can you hear the chorus of their pain? That endless deluge of misery wrapped in the mundane luxury and fantastic banality of her. Her forms, her will, her power. Do you see? Please, please. Why share please. their pain when you should share her power? Our power. Do you see? No, no. Then look, then look, then look. I fall, or he throws me, and I'm, I'm outside a house, a big house. I want to go inside, but I think I already am. You are not some passive supplicant. You are not a fly caught in a web. You are more than a mere instrument. He grabs me, and in seconds we are rushed inside. 
I hear glass break and women scream. I see something like a man. Something like me. Tearing itself apart as it twists the guests. As he breaks the guests. His bones jut out from his skin and... He... He doesn't look afraid. He looks... Angry. I have known death in many forms. I have been death in many forms. I am compelled. I serve the hotel. I watch these guests die as countless have died at my hands. I hear their bones crack and popping like mine. I lock eyes with the owner, and I can't tell which one of us must feel the most anger. Your rage runs deep. Share it with me! We hurl ourselves at each other thoughtlessly. Under and behind and inside everything this man took for granted, something horrible had been growing. Falling through the void, grappling with each other, I am building a little room inside of me. The only thing I put in it is myself. But I leave the door open for him to follow. There we can let our rage destroy each other forever. Blood flows in strange patterns in the spaces between the forms the hotel takes. Here, I can't tell if his skin has dried and stretched off his skull. I can't tell if my body has stiffened and swollen. Here, we're nothing. Ashes already. Yet more full and vibrant than even the guests seem. I stop trying to pull myself away. I let him hold me as tight as he can. And then I pull both of us back into the hotel. I can't tell how many rooms and lobbies we crash through before we can stop ourselves in this one. Dark wooden floors in a fireplace. Palm trees outside and the elevators. The owner stands up, suit torn and filthy, his hands already shriveling to bones. He's looking around, still smiling, breathing hard and furious, looking for me. He sees me almost immediately. There is nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. There is only the hotel. He launches himself at me and I twist. The elevators shoot out of their banks like tendrils, leaving bizarre fractal trails behind. They collide with him. The sound is terrible. Stretched across the lobby are three strands of 
elevators. They've crashed into the walls, bisecting them, fusing with them, repeated images almost, like looking at them through a crystal. It's beautiful. You can't kill me, lobby boy! He appears above me, dropping down with his arms out, fingers crooked like razors. I squat and roll my shoulder and the floor spikes up, wood splintering violently. It swells up like a creature and swallows him. But inside I can hear him laughing. The bulging wooden belly starts to swell. It's going to burst. I turn away and the walls fold open, peel down, and behind them I can see the rooms upstairs. I relax, then jerk my arms up together and the walls pull me up. Too slowly. Just as the cage I built for the owner shatters. You cannot kill me in a way that matters, lobby boy! He's larger now. Much larger. He reaches out and picks me up off the wall before I can close it behind me. I let out a long, slow breath, and the ceiling droops and melts, covering him like a shroud. Look at what you can accomplish, despite your fear! I clench my fists and it hardens. <laughs> Do you see? <laughs> it barely slows him down. He shrugs it off like a prize fighter's robe and hurls me through the door behind the front desk. In here. He's massive here. I make the rules. In the void and getting bigger and bigger. I can hear the universe. In here. Screaming. I'm in charge. Forever. Enough. <laughs> My manager. Still stained by the guest's blood. Standing in the doorway to the lobby, hanging high above us in the void, has come to try and stop his madness. Put him down. We'll all be dead soon. By my hand are the hotel's will. And after we rot and crumble away, we will return. I will return. She steps into the void with us, moving easily, more comfortably than I can. We serve the guests. We serve at the pleasure of the hotel herself. I don't need to remind you of that. I don't answer to you. We both answer to her. What? Looking out into the lobby, we see her. Standing at the front desk, head bleeding freely into her short hair and down her blue dress, ringing the bell. 
smiling at us under eyes like starlight. No, she's here. Good evening, ma'am. This is unexpected. She's always been here. Well, what am I going to do with you three? <laughs> Hotel was created and produced by Travis McMaster and Mark Witten. Starring Kelly Ninaltowski as the manager. Mark Witten as the lobby boy. Graham Rowett as the owner. And Krista Lewis. Music by Lauren Picorni, West Rodri, and special guest composer Zach Tatum Drake. <laughs>